Flowing Water Fragrant Mountains is a podcast series chronicling the hiking expedition which Jim Zumberg undertook in the summer of 2019. It is a collaboration between Jim and his son Thomas. That's me. Episode 4, Rendezvous. Because I was lucky enough to have some good backpacking friends join me during my 2019 John Muir Trail adventure, I got a break from Go It Alone and the chance to enjoy 50 miles of Go With a Group. Since I started attending organized hiking events in Southern California about 10 years ago, I've met quite a few hikers. Two of them, Patty and Debbie, made plans to come in from the east carrying food and fuel that I'd need. I had been on a few short backpacks and dozens of day hikes in groups that included Patty and or Debbie. They were without a doubt among the most reliable and experienced persons I could hope to have for a resupply on the JMT. Plus, they're just fun to hike with. Together with a third hiker, Ted, who I hadn't met yet but was vouched for by Patty, they would ascend over Bishop Pass into a beautiful area called Doozy Basin and on toward a ranger station called La Conte, deep in the backcountry of Kings Canyon National Park. The four of us would meet there on a Saturday evening. This spot was just beyond the halfway point of my total JMT mileage. Once we connected, we would backpack together for four days. On the last day, we would exit the JMT over Kearsarge Pass down into the town of Independence. After a short break in Independence, I'd still have another four days of hiking to complete the JMT alone again. That was the plan, anyway. Around noon, on my 10th day of Muir Trail hiking, a Friday and the day before we were scheduled to meet, I used my satellite communicator to send a text to Patty and Debbie. I said, If I don't make it to Lacante on Saturday, I'll be there as early as I can Sunday morning. Here's the thing. I was currently at a little over 9,000 feet elevation, working my way up to Muir Pass, at just under 12,000 feet. There were 20 miles between me and Lacante, and I had a day and a half to get there. And the experience I'd had over the past week and a half brought a sobering dose of reality. First, the JMT is a lot of up and down. That's just the way it is. There are a total of 10 named passes distributed along the more than 200-mile distance. The ascent of each pass from a prior low point is typically three to 4,000 feet. For a prospective JMT hiker, this is not new information, of course. It's known in advance. But until you experience it day in and day out, you just won't know how those quite literal ups and downs will affect you. A second reality check. I might have thought when planning that Heck, every day on the JMT I'll be stronger, and by the time I meet my group I'll just be cruising along in the best shape of my life. Well, no. 
Every day was hard, some were harder than others. If anything, I underestimated how many zero days, days where no forward progress is planned, I would need. And so the text to Patty and Debbie, with that carefully crafted phrase, as early as I can, Sunday morning, intended to give me a full half day of margin until noon on Sunday if I needed it. Debbie's succinct reply, two lowercase letters, no punctuation, came within minutes. Okay. I was definitely glad to know at least one of them received my text, since I wasn't sure of their exact itinerary coming in over Bishop Pass, and didn't know what their cell connectivity might be. I will say that I was motivated. I was looking forward to seeing my friends, for sure. I didn't want them to have to wait for me. I was also running low on food and was eager to get the provisions that Debbie, Patty, Ted had graciously agreed to carry in for me. And I didn't want to embarrass myself. I should say that, at this point, I was considering the possibility of terminating the JMT prematurely in independence at the end of my upcoming Go With the Group segment. The tips of nearly all of my fingers and both thumbs had painful cracks because of exposure to sun and overuse, and all the bandages made it that much harder to do simple things. I was surprised at the toll the JMT was taking on me, and I was getting tired of the monotonous menu that often goes with backpacking. But this was not the time to make any decision about quitting early. I soldiered on Friday afternoon and camped that night at just under 11,000 feet next to Evolution Lake. At daybreak on that Friday, I woke up at first light from a camp at a little over 8,000 feet near a major junction with a trail that heads east over Paiute Pass. I was a little anxious about what was in my immediate future, one of the most famous or infamous stream crossings on the JMT, Evolution Creek. My ascent on Friday morning up into Evolution Valley toward Muir Pass was full of flowing water sounds as the trail paralleled the Roaring Creek. These sounds were both pleasing and ominous. There's a sign for southbound JMT backpackers within a few tens of feet of reaching the main crossing. It says, Evolution Creek. If the water level is high, this crossing is hazardous. Alternative crossing. Follow creek upstream and cross at Evolution Meadow. In my planning for the trip, I had paid close attention to what the National Park Service webpages on current conditions said about stream crossings. Following an unusually high snow year in the Sierra, the alternative crossing at Evolution Meadow was their recommendation, even well into summer. Presently, I was upon the main crossing, read the sign, and saw a couple of guys on the opposite side. As I was surveying the flow in front of me, one of them said, You're in the right place. It didn't look too bad. I took off my socks and removed the footliners from my trail shoes, 
put all that in my pack, and then put my shoes back on. Before wading in, I loosened my pack straps so that I could ditch the pack in the event that the stream toppled me over. High water level on this crossing means above the waist or even higher. For me, I was happy to experience a level just below the knee, and the flow rate was not bad at all. I soon reached the other side. I looked at the people there who had witnessed my crossing and said to them, I'm expecting some applause. They chuckled. Compared to other crossings I've read about in stories, mine was really rather tame. On Saturday morning, I got up, had coffee and a couple of Stroop waffles, a sort of sandwich made from two thin layers of waffle-like discs joined by a caramel filling. After breakfast, I broke camp and started on the last leg of my ascent over Muir Pass. I arrived there just before noon and found a dozen or so hikers lounging around the impressive stone hut constructed in 1930 by the Sierra Club. After a snack and half an hour of eavesdropping on the various conversations, I moved on with an eight-mile descent of over 3,000 feet between me and Lacante. Now following the middle fork of the King's River, cascading wildly downward, I began thinking how nice it was going to be to see my friends. At 4 p.m., all of a sudden, I spotted Patty, and who must obviously have been Ted, heading in my direction. They had arrived earlier at Lacante together with Debbie, and set up camp, including a spot reserved for me. Patty and Ted had decided to walk up toward where I would be coming from. The three of us headed down to Lacante, only minutes away now. What a pleasure it was to rendezvous with friends after hiking alone for so long.